everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic Can't Hardly Wait one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's minute 83, beginning with Denise yelling, you should fix that door. Mm-hmm. And moving on through Kenny stumbling over his words. Yeah. What a, what a, what a difference a minute makes in, in tone and setting all sorts of stuff. So much stuff. Um, first of all, Denise criticizes house maintenance, which is a great way to ingratiate yourself to someone that is crazed. And angry with you already. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, yep, yep. So, and in, in rushing to her defense, uh, Kenny decides that what the correct thing to do in this situation is to yell, what is your problem? Right. To which girl whose party it is replies, my problem? You want to know what my problem is? I'll tell you what my problem is. As she flings his stuff out the door and follows him down the hall. when Because he, he very quickly realizes that what is your problem was going to get him an answer he did not care about. <laughs> you, you see the immediate, it's just in the same way you saw Denise immediately regret starting the it gets better talk. He's yeah. like, what is your problem? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she grabs his backpack, throws it into the hallway. He rushes after it. Yeah. And she follows him, continuing to yell. Ugh. Cut scene. Yeah. What a, that, to, you can almost see Can't Hardly Wait the play in that. Like, mm-hmm. and, he, and she chases him. Off, and then Kenny exits stage right, pursued by girl whose party it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Quite frankly, scarier than a bear. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, truly. So I would have expected this cutscene to go to a different character. Right. But it doesn't. Right. It goes to a different location. Right. It cuts time to Denise walking home down through like a downtown area she's yes. like passing some storefronts and stuff the, the 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 downtown where lorraine bought her dress in back to the future 2 the downtown where the wonders were formed i mean the oneaters mm-hmm. the all the same downtown <laughs> hey by the way that's the oneaters ah my mistake i always pronounce that wrong yep get it right james <laughs> so i wonder what happened to the end. yep <laughs> But yeah, sim- similar um, downtown area. Yeah. It's not like a strip mall. It's it's like, picture the storefronts of every small town set mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. every Hallmark movie, and it's this. So this reminded me of another American Graffiti scene. Okay. Um, there's a, so a large part of American Graffiti is uh, teenagers cruising. Uh, which I learned in Virginia Beach means uh, driving your car around the same block over and over again because it is not allowed in Virginia Beach. Okay. Um, but it's basically, the whole movie takes place basically as these cars drive around and around and around, um, which makes it sound so boring. It's not, but it is uh, what is happening. So okay. <laughs> there's uh, a part where this guy who has borrowed the car, he's my one of my favorite characters, uh, is basically... <laughs> It's going to sound sketchy, but remember, it was the 1950s, so men could do no wrong. Sure. He is yelling out his window to various pretty girls. Actually, picture James on the quad in that one story I keep telling during this during mm-hmm. this podcast. Now take that James and put him in a 1950s car, and that's exactly the same thing. Basically like, hey, 
I have a car. Do you want to ride? Do you need a ride? Because I see you're walking. And you don't have a car. I have a car. Do you want to ride? And then this woman, this woman, teenage girl, responds like, "What kind of car is that?" And like starts talking to him. So he's inching slowly along. It, during this like heavy traffic thing, sure. But like leaning out and talking to her, which is what reminded me of this scene in *Can't Hardly Wait*. But this scene in *Can't Hardly Wait* is like a gajillion times less stressful because there is literally no one else on right. the sidewalk or the road, so he can creep along like he is in his car. By which I mean, go slowly, not like creep. Yeah, he's yeah. basically, Denise is walking home and Kenny and his giant car <laughs> are following her Yeah, at her pace. Yeah. And he has the passenger window down and is like calling out the window to her like, can you just, like, why are you walking? Yeah. Just get in the car, I'll take you home. To which Denise replies, it's not that far. Which makes me wonder why the fuck she stayed at this dumb party for so long. Yep. Because she did not want to be there, clearly. So instead of going upstairs to the bathroom, why didn't she just go home? Yeah. When Preston said, all right, well, I'm going to go pursue this, she would. She could have been like, okay, well, I'm going to go walk home. Right. So either she, either it is actually farther than she's telling Kenny it is. Right. Which... Kenny used to be at her house all the time, so right. he knows how far it is. Right. Or she stayed at the party way longer than she should have. So either she's being a martyr now and is like, it's not that far, even though previously she's like, it's so far. She's right. like, it's not that far. Go away. I can walk alone by myself in the middle of the night um, to our, I presume, unlocked house front door mm-hmm. um, because we're in Pennsylvania. And where nobody has to lock their doors ever. Nobody has to lock. It's not called Locksylvania. It's true. That Keystone, it's the yeah. Keystone State, but it's because they don't need you. They don't need keys. Yeah, they'll they, have Keystones instead of actual keys because there are right. no locks. You don't need a lock when you have a Keystone. <laughs> that is a fantastic Pennsylvania lock riff, Aaron. And I just want to thank you. you on that right now. Thank you. I knew um, you, if no one else, would appreciate that. <laughs> um. Or she, and this is what I sort of subscribe to a little more. She said she didn't want to be at that party, but she was hoping that something would happen at that party that she could sort of make a memory that was good of high school before yeah. the whole high school thing was done completely. And so her going upstairs to the bathroom was probably like her, well, I've got a long-ish walk home ahead of me. I should use the bathroom before I go. Isn't she going upstairs to the bathroom to wipe the brownie off her face? Oh, that was the last thing that happened. Yeah, I'm pretty she sure got hit she's in the like, face with a brownie. Yeah, she. I mean, I think everything is correct. Also, she probably was going to use the bathroom too. I mean, like you know, whatever. But yeah. Also, she was like, "I got a long walk home, and I don't want brownie on my face." Do you? Th- I don't you- want. I don't want to be walking home in the middle of the night smelling of weed brownie. I don't know if country. I don't know weed country. Yeah, I don't know if weed brownies smell different from other brownies. I imagine maybe these do. Probably not. But yeah, yeah. If these were strong enough to taste funky, then maybe they also smell funky. Yeah. Um. Do you think she asked girl whose party it is 
if she could use the upstairs bathroom to wash the brownie off of her face? Or do you think she just went upstairs? I feel like she just went upstairs. Probably. That seems like see, more like it, a Denise thing to do. So Kenny asking, is that further evidence that Special K is a, is a persona that he goes to with his with his homeboys, but like he's also kind of a courteous like rich boy too, where mm-hmm. he's like, "Pardon me, may I use may I please use your latrine on the <laughs> second floor?" I don't think it's necessarily that indicative of his socioeconomic status, but I think that I I I feel like Mrs. Fisher raised her son to be polite. That's right, and so I think that there and. It, I really do think that Kenny at heart is like he's a yeah. he's a good kid. He's yeah. smart, he does well in school. He's more of a nerd than he will ever admit. And so I think that he asks if he can go. I I also feel like Kenny probably has an issue with authority figures. Like not yeah, in that yeah. He prefers to avoid confrontation with them. So right. better to ask permission to go upstairs and finagle his way into getting said permission than have girl whose party it is realize he went upstairs without permission and get mad at him which is funny because that's such a not gangster thing to do i know to (laughs) your problem with authority authority being you you need to make sure you're on the right side of the law at all times is not a very especially 90s hip-hop sort of Mm-hmm. attitude yeah but <laughs> follow the rules i just really think that kenny is more us than he would ever want to admit absolutely i've just pictured i've been picturing over and over and over kenny coming home from school bumping some sort of underground but not that underground hip-hop that like really loudly and then as he gets to like he turns the corner onto his street turning it way down because mom Mm -hmm. doesn't like it when you come up like too loud Mm because what will the neighbors say like yep Yep. yeah mrs fisher didn't raise an impolite boy is i think actually kenny's larger like one of kenny's motivations yeah (laughs) yeah like everything that we see of kenny as actual kenny and not kenny as special k really makes me think that he was raised to be a considerate human being. Yeah. He was raised to do well in school. Yeah. And I think he's smarter than he lets on. I re- I really cannot get the headcanon of Kenny becoming a guidance counselor out of my head. Oh my god, it's so good. It's I love so it good. so much. He and the thing is like he 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 code switches even with the women that he's talking to. Mhm. Like, he's, like, an actual, like, I have taken the lessons of hip-hop and appropriated them and am going to regurgitate them right now, by which I mean, like, I've taken all the misogynistic stuff and left all the struggle and racial inequality and striving for justice and all that stuff Mm -hmm. behind and just taking the hating women part. And spitting that out would be a very different special K. Yeah. Where, you know, you know, bitch, come over here, all this stuff. Right. But instead, he's respectful. He takes no for an answer. Yep. He. <laughs> yeah. 
if you have to have a desperate teenage boy desperate to lose his his virginity or to get sexual experience or whatever, you kind of want a Kenny Fisher, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's easily rebuffed and doesn't return to make another pass. Like, Yeah. He honestly <laughs> is, quite frankly, a better person than Preston. Right. You know who wouldn't have said anything to... Uh, to Amanda as she walked by, Kenny Fisher. Right. Like, he would not be part of the gamut at yeah. all. I think if he had said anything to her at all, it would have just been like, hey, Amanda. Yeah, exactly. I, mm, part of me, eh, no, because he, he peer pressure is a big motivating factor for him too. I almost feel like he would kind of tell people to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I feel like he would maybe tell his homeboys. Mm-hmm. To shut up, but I don't think that he would step outside of his own social circle. I agree. I I agree. I, but I I guess his homeboys are also not th- non they're non threatening young men. Like, yeah, they're idiots and possibly even so much as assholes. But they're not abusive or even sort of skeezy. They're just sort of doofuses yeah i mean i could i could see them join seeing all these other guys being like amanda can i see you naked and i can see them being like yo 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 hottie what's up and i can see kenny like if she gives the homeboys a scathing look i can see kenny being like yo dude don't do that yeah leave her alone kenny fisher guidance counselor defender of women oh man i'm really mad that kenny fisher is a fictional character I know. Although I do have, I cannot wrap my head around the idea that Kenny Fisher exists in Seth Green's filmography and isn't also just largely actually Seth Green. I mean, do you think so? I feel like Seth Green is, okay, the only way I could see that being true is if Seth Green, for whatever reason... picked up I just can't imagine it happening. You you can't imagine Seth Green being like real Kenny Fisher, not special Oh, K, real but... Kenny. Right, right, real Kenny Fisher. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was my point was I feel mm-hmm. like Kenny Fisher is Seth Green but with someone else giving him lines to say. 100%. I I'm yes, I forgot I forgot our, our terminology. Yes, Kenny Fisher for sure. Yeah. For sure, I think that maybe even, but maybe even more confident. Yeah, like he's not not bound. I don't think Seth Green has bound to peer pressure in his no. entire life. No, no, <laughs> he but has I've... been the peer to pressure, but not because he's trying to peer pressure, just because he's so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I I feel like much as Mrs. Fisher raised a respectful young man, I think Mrs. Green also raised a respectful young man. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, Kenny gets out of the car and -hmm. tells Denise that he wants to, says, let me explain. Yeah. This bothers me Uh because while I do understand that he feels the need to explain why the special K mask came back up. Right. I do not think that he is the one who owes an apology here. I understand I, I, why I'm, he thinks he does, but I do not think that he is the one in the wrong. Right. Do, okay, so, okay. 
I agree. I agree with you. I think that when I'm watching the movie, though, I forget that I feel that way. Because I think what I assume... They don't express this explicitly. But I assume that what is going on is that she feels that Special K has dropped a Kenny Fisher mask down to sleep with her. Sure. And then now that that being accomplished has taken off the mask and is Special K again. And that is why she calls him an asshole. Yeah, I but, still feel like spending that entire evening together, reminiscing about the past, after she had already called him on the Special K thing and he dropped yeah. the Special K... Like, I understand her being like, what, so was this just a ploy to get me, like, a ploy to get laid? But she seems to have forgotten that she is the one who told him it wasn't very good. Right. She's the one who said the asshole thing. Yeah. It, I, yeah. It, the more the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, what is he? And I think... Do you think that he realizes that too? Because he he comes up to her. He has successfully stopped her. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, let me just talk to you. And she comes over and he's like, I, uh, I don't know what to, like, the, like, I think the words fail him because there's not anything actually to be apologizing about. Like, yeah, it was awkward. We were both feeling weird. I think like he's, and again, the facial acting of Seth Green, he says all of this stuff with just his face. He says, mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, I care about you. Uh, come on, it's us, you know? Can't we just, no? Okay, um, oh, yeah. you don't want me to use actual words. Okay, hold on. Um, <laughs> we yeah. have a telepathic bond, right? No? Oh, crap. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I think that there's, I think that he is stumbling over his words not because he recognizes that there is nothing for him to apologize for. I think it's because he doesn't know how to apologize because I think he's not used to having to apologize for something like that. And I think that for him, Special K has become who he is to a degree that I don't think he realizes sometimes when he slips that on how it looks to other people it's his leather jacket for sure yeah and maybe on some level he does recognize like some very very deep level he's stumbling over his words because he can't figure out how to say i'm sorry special k came out in response to you being a terrible person (laughs) do you think that that i keep trying to, to and maybe this is i don't know what this is but i keep trying to be like why what is she upset about and i i have i keep coming back to is she does she think that he is doing he's going to do the same thing again where he is embarrassed and so he pushes her away and the connection that they've made that evening is not going to last again and so she has started caring about him again and now he's going to be an asshole again and she's going to get hurt again and so when he drives after her one of the things that's happening is that he is sort of eating crow a little bit in terms of, no, I care about you. I will fall. I will chase after you because I care about you. I'm not going to leave you on the other side of the lunchroom friendless like I did in middle school. Yeah. 
Maybe that's what it is. This is probably obvious to a bunch of people listening right now, but I've never really sat down to like parse this out. But I think you're probably right. I think that the reason she gets upset when Special K comes back is because for her, that is him once again saying, I am too cool to be around you. Yeah. And I think that she recognizes that she shouldn't have said the thing that she did. But instead of having a conversation about it, he just puts that mask back up and is, to her mind, going to walk away again. Right, right. And then he doesn't. And I think that's why she eventually does stop and lets him speak and decides to hear him out. Yeah. And so maybe what he's apologizing for is not... I'm sorry that I used my dumb special K voice. I think it's more, I think it's possible that it's more, I'm sorry that I reacted in a way that made you feel like what we shared didn't matter. Right. Yeah. I think that's it. Because I think she, because I mean, I know it was, it came out as a hugely jerky thing to say, but I think she said the gets better thing from a place of caring about him. Mm Mm-hmm. And then immediately stuck her foot in her mouth. Not in like a sexy way. Right. Yeah, not like a super (laughs) bendy, flexible, look what I can do sort of way. But like a just awkward teenagers sometimes don't know how to words good. Yeah, exactly. Way. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I agree, though. I, I think that I've always just sort of heard the, if you will, the like melody of that scene and not really the content the lyrical mm-hmm. content of what was actually going on, what the motivations and stuff were. Yeah. Um, like every time. <laughs> yeah. It's so. really interesting because these two characters have so much more going on between the lines than any other characters. It's almost like they're in a different movie. Uh-huh. Like everybody else is in a teen movie written for teenagers who cannot be expected to read between the lines because they are just dumb teenagers. And then yeah. Kenny and Denise are in a grown-up movie for grown-ups who understand context. <laughs> Which yeah. might be why you and I didn't understand the context until we were grown-ups. It yeah, also, and- this scene lasts literally a minute. Yeah. So we don't, I mean, like it bridges the gap between minutes 83 and 84, but it is about 60 seconds long. So there's a lot of between the lines to cram into a minute that is quite frankly just rife with silence. Right, which I love, but which makes me wonder if maybe, is it is it cool and artsy and they've given us all the clues, Mr. Policeman, to figure out what the motivations of these characters are? Or is it faux artsy and lazy storytelling? And I can't figure that out because it feels good and artsy and nice and lovely and beautiful to me. Yeah. But it also feels like, why are we having to do all this? How come it never was obvious to us what was going on with these two before now? I think that is, I think there's a different, I think that the context that we are getting is due to the excellent performances Yes. And not the script or the directing. I agree with that, yes. I think I think that it's 
it's between the lines in the script and in the hands of exceptionally competent actors, it does mm-hmm. come across once you step back and look at it. Like we ru- that it rushes and we'll get into this in the next minute, but it rushes into the next scene so fast that we don't have time to sit with it and really break it down. Yeah. So I think that's part of why we never picked up on it before is because we didn't have time to. Yeah. But I do think that the way it is directed is to look artsy in a way that it doesn't necessarily need to. Yeah. Yeah. I. It feels it's weird because it it's like a I don't know. It's like an old it's like a it's like a song that like when you listen to it, you're like, yeah, it's a it's a pop song. That's fine. Yeah. And then when you hear someone talk about it and really think about it and whatever, they're like, yeah, this is tropey and like sort of just sounds like everything else a little bit. But in this instance, a lot more is going on if you start digging a little bit. Yeah. Because the I'm sorry, I didn't realize what I had until I lost you, blah, 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 is what you would put in a parody of uh, of this kind of it's too it's too highbrow for. Uh, not another teen movie but if let's say not another teen movie was made by like someone like judd apatow or someone with like sure who could be funny and gross but also uh has or like john hughes john john hughes makes a teen a a teen comedy parody movie (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) that's hilarious i'm i'm lampooning myself what i'm john hughes um but yeah like in, in the hands of someone who could do subtlety and 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 sort of higher brow jokes about teen comedies. It's funny because this is a tropey moment, but there's a lot more going on underneath it. Yeah. Anyways. I think that takes us to the end of the minute, though. I believe it does. We are Seth Green is speechless and in the same way that we are not. Exactly. Would you like to do some social media? You know, I would love to. I'd really love to. Um... We are on Twitter as a podcast at je underscore minute movies. And we are individually on Twitter. I am at unabashed James. And I'm at unabashedly Aaron. We are part of the Scavengers Network, which in addition to having just a cornucopia of of podcasts and experiences <laughs> through podcasts, has, <laughs> uh, has a Twitch channel uh, where you can have those... Uh, similar experiences with the same people but with a visual component uh, which you can find at twitch.tv slash the scavengers network we're streaming still roughly about every day maybe every other day on average Mm -hmm. Um, Aaron you have a couple of streams that you are are still doing uh, The Last of Us and on Wednesdays The Last of Us is every other Wednesday so uh, December 30th and then I don't have my January calendar in front of me. Um, 13th? Uh, yeah, so December 30th, January 13th, January 27th. That should catch us up to where we are in this minute. Right. Um, so those are the Wednesdays that Kyle and Tracy and I are doing The Last of Us. And then on Saturday mm-hmm. nights at 8.30 Eastern is the time for both of these streams. Uh, Saturday nights at 8.30 Eastern, I am doing Date Night with Morgan, uh, Mm -hmm. where we are currently playing Arcade Spirits. Yeah. And we have a bit to go on that game. So that'll take us at least through January, I think, if not into February. Absolutely. 
and uh, there, and and then you know Colin, Mason, and uh, I think Sam, uh, Beth, uh, Daniel, all sorts of people uh, on the Scavengers Network uh, have streams as well. So yep. uh, go over to that Twitch channel, subscribe, get notifications when people are streaming, and see what see what you can uh, you can get into. Exactly. Maybe you meet a new person and then go listen to their podcast. Yeah. Um, but I think that is going to do it for today. You know, words fail me when it comes to expressing really what I feel about time. And I guess, you know, time is honey, Aaron. I mean, yeah. Go hot dogs. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.